Welcome to Behind the Mic, a show that spotlights WBOI volunteer hosts and the programs they produce. On today's episode, Behind the Mic host Julia Meek talks with her guest, Brad Etter, who co-hosts the show Sidetracks with Bruce Grimm and George Seymour. You can hear it live on 89.1 FM every Saturday night at 9 p.m. This interview was recorded in October of 2016. Brad welcome. Hi, I'm glad to be here, Julia. Now, music seemingly rules your world. So how and when did it all start? I had an interest in music while in college in Bloomington. And after college, I moved to Seattle and became immersed in their music scene. I worked at a lot of different venues and clubs and was involved in concerts and promo work and putting up posters. And I started at the bottom. I learned uh, sound and befriended a lot of musicians. And that's a big part of it. Oh, a wonderful part of it. And it serves you well after all of these years. But what motivated you? Um, Music is the essence of life. It's as good as it gets. It's like blood pulsating in the veins. It's good stuff. That's well put. So besides loving music, and you do love sharing it, promoting it, what do these connections represent to you? A lot of my favorite musicians are also my friends or vice versa. And how can you not love the effort and the blood, sweat, and tears that musicians put into their work? They're sharing their lives. They're sharing their soul. How can I not want to echo that, amplify that? So that's what I'm all about is good music. Do you have favorite genres? I used to be involved in promoting and booking a jazz club in Seattle. And I was a jazz head for about two years. So that's kind of my background. However, I love folk music, R&B, roots music. Uh, There's so many different types of music. It's just incredible. Now, have you ever met a genre you didn't like? Not really. I uh, even checked out Harry Parch and John Cage and some of the more um, obscure avant-garde composers, European music, classical music. I pretty much love it all. And where does a radio show like Sidetracks fit into your musical lifestyle? Oh, Sidetracks is incredible. I look forward to it every week. It's so nice to try to merge different styles and to share music with the general public that they may not hear on other radio stations. Uh, that's a huge plus. It's a great point you make, and really it's such a labor of love we might say, because of course it's volunteer, but that has never stopped you before, I think. Yeah, it's a labor of love, but I'm the one who benefits along with the public and the listeners. Um, I couldn't be happier. That's just great. I love the name Sidetrex as well. How did you come up with that? There were three of us initially involved, and we liked the idea of the railroad theme. If you study the history and the roots of American music, railroads were a huge part of our um, music identity and history. And the fact that it's off to the side a little bit, we occasionally get a little obscure, not too often, but we lean that direction. I guess the railroad theme, for me anyways, is a big part of it because that's how the country was settled and uh, the music went with the people and vice versa. I love the way you think. Your weekly themes are legend among your listeners. Is that a natural thought process for you and your now co-host, Bruce Grimm? Yes and no. There's some spontaneity involved, but I tend to like themes. Personally, once I play a great song, 
There are other songs that come to mind that are somehow related. How do you and Bruce plan your weekly attack and then execute it? Bruce is a great co-host. He tends to more or less filter one song into the next. I'm a little more theme-oriented. It's interesting how it works out, but if there's a big event during the week or occasionally a musician that has passed on or a certain song that inspires me, once I'm inspired and motivated, look out. Or listen up, you might say. Yeah, listen up. I like that. Sidetrax is a live show. Does this enhance the DJ experience for you or kind of give you the jitters? I don't think we're nervous at all. We uh, tend to thrive on the liveness, if you will. And occasionally, I know because one or both of you has another commitment, you do actually record a show. Is there a challenge to do a recorded show because you have the satisfaction when you do a live show? One of the nice things about recorded shows, and we don't do that very often pre-recorded, is uh, that we get to hear ourselves. (laughs) (laughs) So that's pretty exciting, but live is best. And from my understanding of radio, there are not that many live shows. There's a lot of uh, tape recorded and pre-recorded, and uh, we're live. We're having a great time. We turn the music up. We talk about the artist, the genre. It's exciting. So do you have a show playlist when you come in on Saturday, or do you form it like organically? We do a little bit of planning. A lot of times it's the day before the show on Friday, or actually on Saturday, the day of the show. We have a pretty good idea of what we're going to play and the order and the sequence, although that can change. We try to leave a little room for that. And that makes sense, and also because you do keep up on current events. Yes, do you ever get tired of spending your weekend prime time this way? Not at all. I look forward to it. It's a huge part of my life. It's exciting. I feel honored to have the privilege to uh, share music with other people. And you are so musically involved. Even so, did you ever dream that you'd actually be spinning those discs on public radio? No, I did not. However, it's kind of a natural progression. A lot of my musician friends in Michigan and Fort Wayne, and now Nashville, Tennessee. We've shared music. That's part of our friendship. We've shared new artists and and artists that the other may not know about. So it's just an extension. To quote Sonny Taylor, it makes perfect sense to me. That's a good quote source. I'll give you that one. And as much as you promote and love and, dare I say, addicted to music. A good addiction. It is a wonderful addiction. Do you play music? Uh, No, I do not. I tend to have big, sensitive ears, and I spend (laughs) a lot of time uh, around other musicians and kind of informal settings. So um, I can tell the story about my animals. They don't leave the room when I'm involved and attempting to play an instrument and or singing. Uh, They leave the house. (laughs) So my neighbors even know that you're at it again. <laughs> must be singing. All the animals are outside. When you're not sharing music on air, how and where do you choose to live that dream? Fort Wayne has such a rich pool of musicians and music from Sweetwater to the different venues to C2G Music Hall. C2G Music Hall has allowed me to be an integral part and to share uh, some of my music and some of my musician friends. So um, not only am I involved at the station, there's a lot of work and a lot of 
once again, blood, sweat, and tears outside the radio station. But they're all connected, and they all complement each other, and they all add up. It's a wonderful, thriving, well-oiled music machine. Yes, it is. And uh, I'm so honored to even be a small part of it. And we are all glad that you are, too, by the way. Thanks. What are some of your most memorable musical moments? One, when the police released their very first album in the United States, when Sting and Stuart Copeland and the band were on their very first tour, I spent a lot of time with them. The blues singer, Coco Taylor, I spent a lot of time with her in Seattle. Dinner, pre-show, post-show. The king of Zydeco and the queen of both Clifton Chenier and uh, Queen Ida. I was allowed to spend some time. I was also um, given the privilege of introducing Elizabeth Cotton. She was involved a lot with the Seeger family and pioneered women in music. I'm somewhat of an expert on uh, Sister Rosetta Tharp, who was kind of the godmother of rockabilly and rock and roll. She was doing the sidewinding guitar uh, before like Keith Richards and Pete Townsend were even born. I'm just fascinated by uh, Roots music. I've been around uh, Richie Havens. I spent quite a bit of time with him, and what a phenomenal man. The list goes on and on and on. And what a list it is. Again, I have to ask, even with your love and passion for all things music all the time and all of these years, did you ever dream that some of these opportunities would come your way? It just makes sense. It all flows. Uh, One thing builds to another. It's, to me, a very logical procession. If you share your passions and your love, it's amazing how people jump on board. And the opposite is true, too. There are musicians that I jump on board with, and then they eventually uh, become more successful and take it to a different level. And I'd like to think that I go with them. You certainly do, and good for you. Okay, Brad, before I let you go. Sure. Caretaker of all things music. I get the gift that you give to the area, on air and otherwise. To you, what's the most important thing you get from it all? Boy, that's a tough question. Music is circular, and I like to think that I get caught up in the energy, and it all just circles around. I know that sounds like Eastern philosophy, and uh, maybe it is. But uh, it all just circles around, and once again, it's the blood in our veins, our heartbeats, the notes go on, and... Music is life. Music is love. I can't think of anything more exciting. Brad Etter is co-host of WBOI's Sidetracks with Bruce Grimm. Brad, thank you so much for joining me on that side of the mic today, and may you always be sidetracked. Thank you. Behind the Mic is hosted and produced by Julia Meek. You can find other Behind the Mic conversations at WBOI.org or wherever podcasts are found. And be sure to tune in to 89.1 FM for more NPR news and diverse music. Our music is by Mark Waldick. Thanks for listening.